Amen, amen. So while, while the band and uh, our song leaders are getting their seats, I want to tell you something that perhaps you don't know or perhaps you haven't heard recently uh, about your pastor. And this is something that I want to make sure that all the doors are closed and it really doesn't get sp- uh, scattered beyond here. But what I want you to know is uh, that um, God has blessed me in such an abundant way that from now on you all are going to call me something new. Are you ready for that? You all are going to call me from this point forward, Super Pastor. Okay? Isn't that a great picture? Great image? Yeah. And the reality is, that's the one thing I know that I'm not. Uh, But uh, I want to tell you a story. Because... uh, through the first 10 years of my ministry, that picture is really who I thought I was. And uh, I had been on staff of a, uh, two large churches, and I was uh, doing some uh, things that I thought were amazing things. At least I thought that in my own mind, um, whether anybody else thought them. And, and so I was in, intrigued with what God was doing in my life. And then uh, I had a defining moment as many of us will have in our lives. And so let me tell you about that defining moment. It was my first time as a senior pastor, 10 years into ministry. Uh, I was a senior pastor at a church down in Miami and uh, had been there about a year uh, when the secretary called me up on a Friday. I was trying to take that day off and to call me up at 9 o'clock in the morning, and um, uh, she said, Tom, I'm, I've caught the flu, and I'm not going to be able to get into the office today, and I don't think I'll be there all weekend, and so the bulletin's not done, and I don't know what to do. And I said, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of it. And, and, and that, so I, I, I stepped into the shower, and I got out of the shower. The custodian called me up, and uh, when uh, I heard his voice, he sounded horrible, And he says, Tom, I've got the flu also. I heard the secretary sick. I'm also sick, and I don't think I'm going to be there this weekend. And we have a wedding on Saturday and services on Sunday. And the yard looks bad. And so someone's going to have to mow the yard. I said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And and so um, I decided, you know, quickly get some clothes on, get down to the office. And so the first couple hours I spent uh, working on uh, the bulletin, I, and I got all that done, and I got it printed, and I got it folded, and, and I got it all ready for the ushers on Sunday morning, and so I felt good about that. I had to spend two more hours working on my sermon for Sunday, so I, I spent two more hours working on that, and, and now it was lunchtime, and so, uh, or about one o'clock, and so I decided to go get some lunch, and then I needed to go by the hospital to visit with some people that were uh, pretty sick, and so I, I spent a couple hours doing that. Uh, I go back by the house, I change clothes, and I get some work clothes on, and, and I, I go back to the church, and I pull out the riding lawnmower, and it was the, the sun was going down, and I was trying to go as fast as I could, but I couldn't do it fast enough, and so I went into the usher's closet where they had a big flashlight, and I got a roll of tape, and I put the flashlight on the front wheel of the, the steering wheel of the riding lawnmower. You think I'm making this up. I'm not making this story up. It's, t- it's too bad to make up. And so I'm, I'm, riding in the, I'm riding and the sun is going down and the flashlight is right shooting right in front of me. And as I'm riding along, I hear this, this voice very clearly in my head. And it simply said, Tom, you're an idiot. 
Now, I never quite thought that God would speak with that kind of language, and so I just said, I'm not sure where I heard that from, so it's an inner voice. I'm, I'm keep, I keep on going, and this time it was louder. It's like, Tom, you are an idiot. It got my attention this time. I'm sure the people driving by the road were kind of looking at me kind of strangely, and, and, I, and I said, okay, um, uh, I'm not an idiot, God. I'm just getting things done the way I'm supposed to get them done. And I hear God speak again. Now, this is not audible. This is all in my head. And, and, and so I, but I hear God speak to me again. And this time I hear God say, you're killing yourself. You're killing your relationship with your wife and your, your, your young daughter. And you are stifling the health of the church because you think you can do all this. And I said, no, no, really, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this done. And, and, and right then, I, I have this passage of Scripture that comes to me, and it's from Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And, and I, let me just invite you to look at this with me. It says, each of you should not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. And have you ever felt like a two-by-four hitting you on the side of the head? None of you ought to think of yourself more highly than you should. And all of a sudden, this A-type personality pastor started realizing that if I continued doing ministry the way I was, that I would stifle the health of the church, I would kill myself probably, and ruin my relationship with my beautiful wife. And then I realized something else. I realized that what God was calling me to do was not to be super pastor, not to be this pastor who is out there doing it all for the glory of God, but to say, I need to find a way of partnering with the people that I have the privilege of being in that church with so that together we can do those things that God is calling us to do, not separately. So now let me read to you the entire passage from Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, because I think this really sets a message for us that I want you to be able to hear today. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion uh, to his faith. If it is serving, uh, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. So let me take you back in history. Let me take you back uh, several hundred thousand years ago uh, to a time and place uh, prior to the time of Jesus Christ. And what we know is uh, that there were those persons who were uh, elected, selected, and chosen in history uh, to be priests, 
They were the ones who would be able to, to be the mediator between God and the people. And so uh, back in the Old Testament, Old Covenant time, that's the way it was. Mediator for the people. But the mediator had connection with God. If you go back to the Jewish history, it was the Day of Atonement, the, the one day in which the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies and there he could confess for the people uh, and for the state uh, their sins. But it was the mediator. And that's the way it was in history. Now, let me bring you into the time of when Jesus was uh, brought into this world. And Jesus started, doing, started his ministry. And what we find about Jesus is uh, that Jesus is saying uh, that I am calling you to be the light of the world. Jesus says, I'm calling you uh, to, to be the neighbor uh, to uh, those in, in your community. I'm calling you uh, to love those who are your enemies. What Jesus decided to do is Jesus decided to come in and turn literally the world upside down, the, the, the religious world, the, uh, the, the secular world. Uh, Jesus comes in and he turns the world upside down and says, no, all of us are called by God to be priests. And that just freaked people out. Because people were arguing, no, uh, th no, we only have certain priests. And so you can remember, you, you remember if you have any history of, of biblical times of Pharisees and Sadducees, here we have these people who, who were saying, no, we're the ones, we're the ones, we're the important ones, and we, we have to speak before all the people. We are the ones chosen by God. And Jesus says, no. Think back with me to that time which we call Pentecost. It's 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, Pentecost is that moment in time uh, right prior to, uh, to, to Jesus', uh, to Jesus uh, uh, coming in 50 days later. And Jesus, uh, the, the disciples are gathered together, the, the 12 disciples and all those who were uh, a part of that inner community of Christ. They were sitting in an upper room, the scripture tells us. And as they're sitting in the upper room, they're filled with fear. They're filled with fear. Why? Because they did not know if they stepped out of that room, they did not know if they were going to be crucified. They did not know if they were going to be stoned to death. Uh, they, they were fearful for their lives. And they were wondering what's going to happen next. And so the scriptures of Acts 2 uh, says that uh, the, the Holy Spirit came into that room. And as the Holy Spirit came into the room, it fell on each of those persons with tongues of fire, it says, and it emboldened them, it gave them the strength and the vision uh, to say that we are called to step out of these rooms, out, out of the upper room, and to go and do ministry in the world. And it's not just the priests, but it's all of us who are called to do this. And that's what we need to learn. What we need to learn in our day today, what we need to learn in our experience today, is that yes, there are persons like me and Robert and, and Pastor Joe who are, who are called by God to be in full-time Christian ministry. Yes, we are called to do that. But, but, but each and every one of us, when we profess our faith in Christ, we say that we are going to be a living disciple of Christ. We are going to be a priest in the world in which we live, in the world in which you live. Look at this text from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who call you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. See, my friends, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. That's who you are. That's who I am. That's who we're called to be. None of us are called to be super pastors. None of us are, are called to be super laypersons. But rather, together we are called to do the ministry of the church, of transforming the world. And I believe that about the abilities that we have to share. Let me share a story with you. See if I can translate all of this historical stuff into this story. Uh, several years ago, I was pastor of a, of a, a, a executive pastor of a large church in Dallas. Um, and we trained 200 people to visit in the hospitals. Uh, these people came from all regions of, uh, all, uh, of the metroplex of Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, we were um, uh, training people to be able to go in and visit our members and our, our guests so that they could be, um, experience the presence of God uh, through uh, these, uh, what we call, lay ministers. And one of them was a, a young woman, a professional woman. She was a, a CPA in one of the large CPA firms in downtown Dallas. Her name is Susan. And Susan, um, uh, one day, was asked to go visit uh, one of our guests uh, who was at Baylor Hospital, which is pretty much downtown uh, Dallas. And she went in, and she found that uh, it was a young father, uh, his young wife, and they have two, two young children, and that he was going to have some very delicate surgery. And so uh, Susan goes in, and she hears about all this, and she prays with them. And as she's leaving the hospital, she feels an inclination, a, 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 a spirit moment that says, uh, go back tomorrow before surgery and just pray with them and just be with them for a little bit. And she did that. And she, they, the, the surgery was very delicate. It didn't really turn out as well as they were hoping for. And so he was put into the intensive care unit, and Susan went back every single day for almost three weeks. And, and the man did not make it. When this man's wife uh, called the church, guess who, they, guess who she asked for? It was Susan. She didn't ask for one of the pastors. She wanted the person who had been in ministry to her, with her, to be the one to do the funeral. Now, what do you think Susan would have felt? What do you think this uh, woman would have felt if, if I would have stepped in and said, oh, no, 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 that's not the way it works. You know, we have professional clergy who are called to do the funeral. And Susan, you've done your job, thank you very much, but now it's time for the professional clergy to step in. One, Susan, who was a dear friend of mine, would have told me right where to go. And secondly, the, the wife would have had more grief to deal with. Susan was their pastor. Now please hear me. I believe that Cypress Lake Church, we, we believe in visiting in the hospitals. Pastor Joe is our minister of not only praise and worship, but also congregational care. He goes along with the team. I could say that same story about people like Joan Ball who go out and visit people all the time. And she's a lay person, a lay woman in our congregation. 
But you see, my friends, we are called uh, to be in ministry. You're called to be a chosen priest, royal priesthood uh, for the body of Christ in the world in which you live. So let me invite you now to be thinking about how is it that you could live out your, your royal priesthood? How is it that you could live this out in, in a way that's authentically who you are, but to do it in a way that is transformative in the world in which you live? And that's the power that I believe God gives you. So I, I, want, you, I want every single person in, in the room right now uh, to, tur- to turn inside your bulletin and to take out your teaching notes. I want to give you a, a mathematical formula. I want, and I want you to write this down. Those of you watching at home or wherever you may be, you can go online right now and you can quickly download that and, and you'll be able to, to, to fill it in as well. Or just write this down on a piece of paper. Here, here you go. This is what I believe we need to do. You as a chosen priesthood, me as a chosen priest of God that we're called to do together. The first is that we need to identify what is our innate ability. What is our innate ability? That is, when you were birthed into this world, when you were brought into this world, uh, somehow when your chemicals of your mother and father came together and you were birthed into this world, you were given innate abilities. Now, some of those abilities you, you have mentored, you have, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you've developed and, and, and you've gone further with those and others of them you've let uh, drop. Um, but you have your innate abilities. Then, uh, so here's the thing, then you have a plus mark. And the plus mark is then you have your unique personality. Now, let me tell you, there's a lot of unique personality in this room right now. There's a lot of it. Look, just look at Herb Ancio over here. Uh, Herb Ancio, he's a unique personality. All of you have unique personalities. And, and, and I simply say you have to take your innate ability, you take your unique personality, and you tie that with your spiritual gift. Now, a spiritual gift is when you became a follower of Christ, uh, you were given at least one spiritual gift. Uh, you may be given the spiritual gift of prophesying. You may be given the spiritual gift of, of teaching. We went through some of them in the scripture uh, from Romans 12. Uh, you may be given the spiritual gift of giving. Uh, you were given at least one spiritual gift, if not more than that. And then what you have to do is then you tie all this in with your life experience. So you have your innate ability plus your unique personality plus your spiritual gift plus uh, your life experience. And you take all of this and what God wants you to do then is to take all this and move it out into the world through your authentic self to do the work of building the kingdom right here, right where we are. There's no super pastors, and there's no super laity. You and I are called to take what God has given us and to use it. One of the greatest thrills of my life is that, to, uh, that uh, uh, seven years ago I was appointed to be your pastor. One of the greatest thrills. I'm just so blessed to be your pastor. And one of the things I love about this church is that there are so many people uh, that are doing so many fabulous things uh, to to. to, to to, to partner with the clergy, to partner with each other for the transformation of the world. So let me give you a second, uh, second mathematical formula. See, what I really think God wants you to do is to serve, serve with the gifts that you, you've been given. Serve with the gifts that you have been given in the right place where you see uh, the darkness of this world, where you see the ills of this world, 
with the right people, with the right passion, at the right time. Let me say it again. Serving uh, with uh, your gifts at the right, in the right place, with the right people, with the right passions, at the right time. And if we do this, if, if you and I will do this, what happens is light begins to shine in the darkness. Light begins to penetrate the darkness and reveal God's hope for this situation, for your situation, for your life. And God says, you will be a priest in the world. Let me show you some pictures. Look at this picture. What would happen if on Sunday morning, these pictured here would not have been in front of you this morning? What would have happened if I stood up here to sing? You know that there's, a, there, you know that there's a, a, an edict, an edict from Tom Schaefer that says, if I ever hear myself singing over the, over the uh, sound system, that the sound engineer should just get up, walk away, don't wait for the end of the service, just leave. Leave the campus. But see, these people are hearing God's call upon their lives to be a priest for us. Aren't you thankful for them? Amen? Or look at this. Look at this picture. The, here's, here's Marcia. I'm so grateful for Marcia, who was a part of our, uh, who served for many, many years as our uh, coordinator for local outreach team and really helped us get going with the clothes closet. And I'm so grateful, though, uh, for Marcia's leadership in, in serving people uh, and helping people to, to find God's claim upon their lives to make a difference uh, for the least, the last, and the lost. Look at this picture. What would happen if someone does not take time to read to our children? Read to our children. See, we have servants over there right now. Right now, right now in, in Jam, they are ministering to our children. They are reading the scriptures to our children because they are a priest. They're in the nursery right now holding little babies. Why? Because they are a priest. Look at the next picture. This was at Christmas time, and we had all, all, all the, the drive for Christmas items. And so they're wrapping Christmas gifts and making sure that we were able to give Christmas presents to be pe people who otherwise would not have had the privilege of having Christmas like most of us celebrate. And each of them in this room are priests for the kingdom. Or look at this picture. Uh, Judy and Carol. I'm so grateful for them, and, and they're so involved in, in Stephen ministry and congregational care. And I'm so grateful uh, that they have a heart, a passion to serve the people by listening to people's needs. You see, my friends, what we are called to do, what you and I are called to do more than anything else, is we're called to be a priest. We're, called, we're chosen to be a part of the royal priesthood of all believers. I understand my role. I get it. I'm called to teach. I'm called to preach. I'm called to administrate. I get that. But I'm called to partner. 
I'm called to partner with that. I'm called to partner with another clergy on staff, two other clergy on staff. I'm called to, to partner uh, with the laity of this church, people who are gifted. There's no superman here. There's no super pastor. It's about how you and I are called to be priests together for the, for the bringing of God's kingdom here on earth. And so let me ask you right now, how has God gifted you? What innate ability do you have? What spiritual gifts do you have? What life experiences have you had that nobody else has had that, that you need, that you could uh, use for helping someone else? God is calling. And God is wanting you to step forward and say, I want to be a priest. I want to proclaim a word of hope for people. I want to proclaim a, a light in the darkness. And so I just want to, I want to challenge you today. As you're leaving the sanctuary, if you're leaving and getting into your car, will you simply ask yourself this question? How has God called me to be a priest here at Cypress Lake United Methodist Church, here in southwest Florida, here, there, and everywhere? God has called us to be priests. Let's pray. God, you, you have indeed called us to be priests. You have called us to be light bearers. You have called us to be uh, people who will uh, step into brokenness. You have called us, Lord, uh, to be people who will step into uh, the crevices of pain and hardship. You have called us, Lord, uh, to be people who will preach the good news, who will bring relief to the captives. So, God, I pray that we will all respond and just simply say, yes, yes, I am a priest for the kingdom of God. And I offer this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.